Tim. Thank you. Oh, you've got your, yeah. Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Uh, and that word kind of implies reality, truth, reality. For these are the kind of worshippers that God seeks. Amen? So, if you want to have a dynamic relationship with God and be sought after by him, then you need to be a worshipper in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So God is searching for truth seekers. God is searching for people who will dig to find out what God really says about something. Not just take it as read because it was on the news, or take it as read because I saw it on the God channel, but people who will pursue after God to know him as he is. Not as my grandfather knew him, not as my parents knew him, because who knows what your parents and your Sunday school teachers told you. Hopefully they told you great things about God and they told you about the true likeness of God because obviously the reason that truth and worship go hand in hand is because the more you know about God, the more amazing and wonderful you discover he is. He is the giver of all good things. He is the source of all life. He is the creator of the universe and everything in it, including you and me. And we are all wonderfully and individually made as a different reflection of God's likeness. Now, there's something really amazing fact again. Just going to hopefully show you this morning that opening your Bible is great. Um, so I'm going to throw lots of scriptures at you. So Jeremiah 5 says someone else that God is seeking for. Says that God, he, he tells Jeremiah to run through the city and find if there is anyone who is a truth seeker. Because God says, if you can find me a righteous man, then I will spare the nation. So truth seekers can change nations. We saw the same thing with Abraham, when Abraham and Lot, uh, Abraham was bargaining with God for Lot, and he said, would you really destroy the city if you found ten righteous people? What about seven? What about one? So God agrees to rescue Lot and his family. So truth seekers can change history of nations. Another kind of person that God is seeking for. So if you want to be sought out by God, be a truth seeker. Be a, someone who stands up for righteousness. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will see God. So if you want to see God, be a peacemaker. Uh, could I have a volunteer, please? Oh, oh, well volunteered. Thank you very much.
this is really easy, okay? All you have to do is to just stand here. Okay? Happy? Great, okay. That's excellent. Um, but could you just stand on one leg, not two? Thank you. Okay, uh, where was I? Um, oh yeah, so truth. Um, so Jesus said, this is the amazing thing again about Christianity is unique because truth is not a philosophical concept for Christians. Truth, as far as we are concerned, is based on a person, the person of God as revealed in Jesus Christ. Um, you all right? Good. Okay. Because Jesus said that he came to show us the Father. <laughs> Thank you. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the revelation of truth. It's not about a philosophy, it's about a person who came to reveal the Father, the perfect representation of God. Because John 1, 15, 17 says, we have received of his fullness, grace for grace. The law was given through Moses to tell us what's right and wrong, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself, in John 14, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, uh, you all right, Ash? Good. The right leg's doing well. You can swap legs occasionally if you need to. Ah, one leg. Thank you. I didn't specify which leg, you see. You didn't listen. I just said one leg. Thank you. So, um, John 8, 31. Uh, Jesus said to the Jews that uh, if you abide in my word, so these were the people that came to listen to Jesus' sermon. He said, if you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live according to them, you are truly my disciples. And guess what? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Because it's really liberating not to have to live with all the junk that people say about you and all the junk that the world throws at you. The most liberating way to live is God's way. Thank you. Jesus also said about himself uh, in Revelation 3, Jesus is called, well, okay, so John says this one in Revelation 3. These things says that amen, that's Jesus, the faithful and true, the beginning of the creation of God. And Revelation 19, I saw Jesus on a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. In righteousness he judges. So truth is in Jesus. Truth is Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of of truth. So for Christians, our definition of truth is based on God's character, his ways, his son, and these are why God gave us the Bible. 
God revealed his interaction with people. God revealed himself to us to show us his ways. He says what he likes. He says what he doesn't like. He says what he's going to judge, and he says what he's going to bless. Then he sent his son. And then by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he sent his word, the Bible. And all of these things are about truth, which is linked to reality and faithfulness, because it's all about God's consistency in himself uh, and stability. You want to put your foot down, yeah? You can have two feet if you want. Is that easier? Well, that's easier. Ah, so, of course, if, if you only have spirit, right leg, it's good if he knows his right from his left almost, or you only have word, left leg, it's hard work, isn't it, Ush? <laughs> so, of course, people who get obsessed with dissecting the Bible and kind of ignore the spirit become dry and they become over-intellectual and over-philosophical and they start saying crazy things like God stopped speaking when he finished writing the Bible, um, which kind of is a bit peculiar because how come there are all so many Christians around? Because obviously we heard somebody. Um, so what we need for balance is spirit and truth because that's what brings us stability in our life. So it's not good enough just to come in here and, uh, well, we're going to unpack that thought today about stability uh, and, the, and the oomph and momentum that comes from digging deep into God's word through uh, prayer and through reading the Bible. Thank you, Ush. The point being that if you get out of balance, it, it's really difficult to stand. So then when circumstances come, you get blown over. Because the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do, but the Word of God gives us the power to stand. Amen? Amen. But we... We need to have the plumb line of God's word. In John 5, 39, Jesus said that it's good to search the scriptures, for in them you find eternal life, but they testify of him. So this is more about Jesus being the truth. Um, and Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are you if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. So if we know these things... Then, then we understand what God's truth is. And we understand the difference between light and darkness. Because light will always point to God. Light will always be honoring, faithful, true, representative of God's character. It brings freedom, yes? Blessed are you if you know the truth, because the truth will set you free. It's described as being like being on a rock. Jesus said, if you put my words into practice... You're like a wise man who builds on the rock. And Jesus' words bring life and light to men. And obviously the opposite of that 
if you see something that puts God down or is worthless or lawless, crafty, deceitful, self-centered, these things can't be from God because God is not like that. And Jesus is not like that. Jesus was not like that. So you know what darkness is because darkness is not God. Darkness is not light. So anything you see that you think is not light, it's probably not God. So the good news, of course, if you don't all have the wisdom of Solomon, is that God spent, sent the Holy Spirit of truth to guide us. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit when he talks about sending him in John 14. He calls him the Spirit of truth. He says, when I leave, I will send you another because I have so much to teach you, but I've got to go, so that when I go, I can send you the Spirit. And the Spirit of truth, when he comes, will guide you into all truth, because he will not speak of his own, he will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. And he will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit has a really simple job. That is to point to Jesus. And what did Jesus come to do? He had a simple mission statement too. That was to show us the Father. So we have a pretty simple mission statement too. Guess what it is? Show people the Father. Show people Jesus. Show people the Godhead in the way we live, in the way we talk. Point people to Jesus, because then you know the Spirit will guide you. So we need both. As Ush ably demonstrated, standing's a lot easier with two legs. The Spirit gives the power to do. He's referred to as the dunamis, the power, the dynamic of the Godhead. But the Word of God gives us the power to stand. Matthew 7. Those who put my words into practice are like a wise man who builds on the rock. And the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. But it did not fall because it had foundations on the rock. And who is the rock? The rock is Jesus' words. Is Jesus Christ himself. He is the rock of our salvation. Amen? But anyone who hears God's words and doesn't do anything with them is like... A foolish man who built his house on shifting sands. And when the winds came and the streams rose, the house could not stand. And it fell with a great crash. Uh, and the theme comes again in Ephesians 6, verse 14. Paul says, stand firm then. With what around your waist? The belt of truth. It's the truth of God which holds the whole armor of God together. So his righteousness is our breastplate, our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace, but it's the belt of truth that holds all the armor in place. But guess what? It's not just truth. Read on, verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. All kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and keep praying for everyone. So this theme of spirit and truth are not incompatible. They are actually fundamentally knitted together. 
God desires that we have truth in our inwardmost parts, the hidden parts. That's Psalm 51. So not just pretending to do what's right, but being truly honest right down to the core of our being. Um, and the spirit people love a good experience, don't they? We all love to say that, oh, everyone fell on the floor and didn't we have a great time in the spirit? Um, and you know, sometimes we had a great time in the music. Um, and if you're not engaging with the truth of what's being done in the worship session, then, then actually I think you're just having an experience with the music. Because music moves the soul. That's why all pop music is catchy. It gets into your soul. It plays with your emotions. But in worship, the call is to go deeper, to go beyond the mind, will, and emotions of it, to have a spiritual encounter with a spiritual God, proclaiming the truth of himself. That's why I love Jono's set this morning. Bang on. Let's talk about God. And he said it in his team talk as well. He said, I love to sing about God and praise him because then the spirit comes. Yeah. And that's, that's how it works. Worship leading is kind of simple in that sense in its most basic bit. You sing about how great God is and the Holy Spirit comes. But then you guys have to join in or you miss out. So the point is, that we need to get beyond just coming here to say, I love this church, I love the music, I get goosebumps every time I come in here. You are coming here to press in, to meet with God. Each one of us has a duty in worship when we come in here to worship God from our spirit, not just from our intellect, whether we feel like it or not. That's the great thing, because that's my soul. My feelings are in my soul. God doesn't really mind whether my soul worships or not. That's interesting. Um, he wants my spirit to worship. And if you've got the Holy Spirit inside, when you start talking about how great God is, he's faithful, he's true, he's just, he's the creator, the giver. Guess what the Holy Spirit starts to do in your spirit? He sets it on fire. And he starts to... Lift us up. That's why Paul talks about encouraging each other, building each other up with psalm hymns and spiritual songs because we declare the truth that builds. That's why I'm not a big fan of iTunes in worship. Too subjective. If you don't feel like it, it's not true. Because mm. it's subjective. But if you talk about God, you can't go wrong. So... How do we find truth? We get to know God. We get to know his character and his ways through prayer, through the Bible, uh, through knowing his son, through reading his word, through digging in. Uh, Bible study now is, is, uh, is really a, a lot easier now. You can type into a, uh, a search engine on your Bible package 
you know, grace of God, and up comes 30 scriptures. So you want to know about the grace of God? Bang, there it is. So then you just soak in it. But that's the point. It's not about accumulating knowledge. It's not about me knowing how many references to the grace of God there are in the Bible. It's about me saying, Spirit, show me the author of this word. I love the book. But the book's only there to get to know the author. The whole point of the book is to point us to the God who wrote it. So we need to be led by the spirit of truth and not just some intellectual challenge. And then how do we get that truth rooted in? Well, Colossians 2 says, if you receive Christ, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So when God shows you something or does something, stop, give thanks. A life of thankfulness is a life of fruitfulness. A life of thankfulness is a life of joy. A life of thankfulness is a life of contentment. And a life of thankfulness rides the bumps a lot easier. Ephesians 5. Be imitators of God as dearly, dearly loved children. Walk in love as Christ gave himself for us. So we have to walk it out, step by step. You know, and that's a funny thing about faith. Um, if I offered to buy you lunch uh, at the poshest restaurant at Waterloo, who would like that? <laughs> Amen. If you'd like to come and kneel at the altar. No, not that one. We haven't got there yet. Um, so... <laughs> That's great. Some people put their hands up. Some people did nothing. But nobody left their seat. If you want to have lunch, I told you the lunch is, at, is on the South Bank. So that means you've got to get on a train. So that means you've got to do some walking. And this is the way it is with God, I find. And I find enough people in the Bible that tells me I'm not bonkers. But when God tells me something, very often, most of it actually involves doing, digging, just keeping at it. Because when, when it looks like it ain't going to happen, sometimes you just have to use the truth that God said and dig into it. Because it's, you know, we love it when the Holy Spirit talks to us and we get excited. But then what happens when it doesn't seem to be happening? That's when you have to say, well, actually, God said, so I'm going to dig in and I'm going to stand. But interesting thing, I went to Twickenham yesterday and watched England scrape past Wales in the Six Nations. Um, but they spent a lot of time pushing and standing. It's called a scrum. So they, they go like this and they push against each other. So it's all about resistance, and it's all about who's stronger. So if you stand, eventually the resistance breaks. And then what happens? Yeah, then you move. Because standing on the truth gives you momentum. So when you get your breakthrough, then, you get a, then you've got to move. 
that you've got to be ready to move because God has just broken it down and you've been scrumming. You might have been scrumming for the whole 78 minutes of the 80-minute game. But that means you've got two minutes left to score a try, so you've got to get running, which is what the Welsh did. So standing on the truth against um, opposition builds momentum. And when you get the breakthrough, then's the time to run with the Spirit, to run and not grow weary, to run in the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to the river of Ezekiel that John was talking about um, last week. Uh, my, my boys, they, they love Center Park, but what they love most is the crazy river. It's just mad, choppy water, and basically you dive in at one end and you survive the other end. But actually, you, you don't get anywhere. Here's the, uh, here's the interesting difference between me and the boys uh, and Carolina. So, so Carolina kind of goes over the first edge, kind of a little bit kind of like that. And she doesn't go anywhere. Whereas, whereas we go, oh, this is the start. So, so we get down the river fast, as fast as we go. That's the plan. Uh, but, there's a, but that passage in Ezekiel 47, it talks about the river is for waders and for swimmers. So he starts off by saying that uh, he was taken to the entrance of the temple. He saw the water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. And then he came out and he saw the river flowing. And as he went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And the water was what? Ankle deep. So what do you do when it's ankle deep? You've got to wade. You've got to start putting your faith in front, one step in front of the other, to get from wading into the deeper. He measured off another thousand cubits, and it was knee deep. And then he measured off another thousand, and it was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand, and now it was a river that I could not pass, because the water had risen deep enough to swim. And one thing I think about learning the truth of God's word is it's like learning the breaststroke, the front crawl, the back crawl. Because like, you only have fun in the crazy river if you can swim. Otherwise you drown, and that's not much fun. Uh, so they have signs up saying, please don't go in here. This river's crazy. Don't go in here if you can't swim. So get your Bibles open. Learn your breaststroke, your front crawl, your back crawl. Get some truth. Get a framework to life so that when the current's going the other way, you can stand. But when the current's going your way, you can swim. Because then you'll get down to the sea where the river is teeming with life. And the fish are everywhere. The fish are jumping. The trees are bearing fruit every month. Season or no season, the, the life is everywhere. 
Because the river is for wading, but the river is also for swimming. Amen? Jesus said in John 1, Through him all things were made, and without him was nothing made that has been made. In him is life. And that life is the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. What do you reckon that means? The light of men. So the biblical definition of light is good. It's beneficial. It's helpful, because obviously if you're groping around in the dark, it's very difficult to do anything. Light is good. Light is also obviously analogous with truth and righteousness. Uh, That's why we talk about the people of light and the people of darkness. But life and light, this is about revelation. E.W. Kenyon got it because he realized the link between revival and revelation. E.W. Kenyon said, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Our teachers have utterly failed to see the significance of this scripture. A new kind of ability enters a man. What is that? The Holy Spirit of God, of course, in the new birth. This is a fact. Wherever men receive eternal life, the next generation of that people, whether Christian or not, receives something that makes it produce inventors, discoverers, students, scientists, and educators. The intellectual renaissance in Germany followed Luther's teaching on the new birth. The mechanical renaissance in England and Wales followed the Wesley and Whitfield revivals. Guess what? God's not dead. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this is what Cheryl is researching, of course, and it's super exciting. Um, That's why I love to feed her little tidbits like E.W. Kenyon. Um, But another friend of mine has done a very similar PhD, and guess what he found? It rings true through Azusa Street and all the other revivals, because God is true to his word, and he is true to himself. The spirit-enabling of God's reality in our lives enables you to go way beyond what you can ask or imagine. And if you think you don't agree with me, that's in Ephesians, a direct quote. So it must be true. So I can stand on it and believe it. You know, when we think about light, especially these lights, it's warm and cozy. It's very warm and cozy on this stage. Um, But, you know, light is nice. It's warm and it's cozy, but with the right focus, light can start a fire. So we're full circle here. So a true man, a righteous man that God puts in place can change a nation. Somebody on fire with the spirit, guess what? Can change a nation. So the light of God put into action in our lives can start a fire in this country. Amen? And that is what church is all about. 
So we seek the truth. Because without it, when the trouble comes, there's no resistance to stand. Because truth gives us the power to stand. The Spirit gives us the power to do. So we need both. We need the Spirit and we need to dig into God's truth. To know him as he is. Because he's because that's how we learn to swim. So we can get away from wading and we can start to swim in the river to where the life is teeming with fish and the trees are fruitful all year round. So let's love God's word. Let's not treat it as dry text, but let's remember that it's all about the author, not the book. And it's all about the spirit bringing the book to life. It's all about the Spirit revealing the Father, the Spirit pointing us to the Son, the Spirit of truth guiding us into all that God has for us. As, uh, as 2 Corinthians says, the Spirit searches the depths of God's heart to reveal truths beyond our imagination. Because God's universe is bigger than mine. God's life for me is bigger than my idea. That's why the Spirit wants me to grow in truth and grow in relationship with him. So the mission of the Holy Spirit is to point to Jesus. And the mission of Jesus is to show us the Father. And the mission for us is to reveal the Godhead in our lives and in our words, and in the way we go about. We can wade, or we can swim. But Jesus also said that if we put his words into practice, we would be like the good seed that fell in good land. And then we would start to see fruitfulness, 30, 60, 100 fold. So that's the power of the Spirit to do when he gets hold of the truth that we apply in our lives and walk it out. Sometimes the, the spiritual thing to do is just to put one foot in front of the other or just to do the task that needs to be done. If God is calling you to be a worship leader, then you probably need to learn a little bit about worship and about music because music is a big part of worship. It's not all that worship is, of course, because worship fundamentally is about presenting your life as an act of service and offering. But you've got to do the legwork. You've got to do the grind. You've got to build the muscles so you'll be ready for wading or for swimming. Amen. Shall we pray? Jono, you want to... John, you want to get the worship team back? Let's pray. Father, we just we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in it. Lord, we thank you that the word is about the author. That, Lord, the word shows us who you are. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that by your spirit, you will reveal yourself to us through prayer, through your word, 
uh, and through each other, through our lives of sacrifice and service so that we will grow more like you and we will know you more each day for your glory. Amen. Man, are you encouraged? Amen. I certainly am. Let's stand together and